Well, good morning to you. Sorry, I'm a bit late this morning. It's um, Tuesday morning, September 4th. Is that right? Yeah, September 4th, the day after Labor Day. Good to be with you here today as we look at, I think, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm saying this, you know, almost every week, but I mean, this passage truly is one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. Um, I think that goes without saying for many people. There's a lot of people, especially within Lutheranism, who look at this passage as just, I mean, this is the cream of the crop. You know, we talk about law and gospel a lot in, uh, in my circles and the need to preach both God's law and gospel. If you ever wanted to see an example of what law and gospel look like together in a passage, this is the one. I mean, it's, it just has everything, everything uh, in that package. It's all wrapped up here in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So we're going to dig into this today. Hopefully we'll be able to get through it. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but, but there's a lot of good things in here. It begins, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. We'll pause there. Um, most people on planet Earth, including, I would dare say, probably most Christians, believe that humanity, even if fallen, even if, um, even if not perfectible or not perfect, um, believe that humanity does still have some part of them, if, if just the tiniest little sliver inside of them, that is able to fix themselves. And even when it comes to spiritual things, I would dare say most Christians believe, many Christians believe, that at least we have the ability to choose God. So when we uh, come down at an altar, you know, for the altar call or whatever it is, we believe that we at least still have the ability to make the choice as to determine whether we want to walk with God or not. Well, in response to that view, this verse is one of the most powerful verses there is to show that indeed that is not the case. It does not say, and you were hobbling in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. It does not say, and you were dying in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. The Bible says you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And Paul is talking about everybody here. So everybody is naturally, spiritually dead. Not spiritually sick, not spiritually ailing, spiritually dead. Because of the trespasses and sins in which we walk. Now, uh, he lifts off three different uh, sort of things that every human being naturally follows that they shouldn't be following that leads to these trespasses and sins. If you go on in verse two, he says, you are following the course of one, this world. Number two, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So in other words, he's talking about um, you know, the devil and, uh, and his minions. Now, we might not even be conscious of it, but the, the way we see that is when we, you know, give in to temptation, he is known as the tempter. He is the accuser of the brethren, as uh, another passage says. And it goes on in verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, 
So those are the three things. You've got the world, the devil, and the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature. So here's the result. Here's what happens. Because we're dead in trespasses and sins, because we've walked after those things which we should not, the world, the devil, and, the, and our own passions of our flesh, the result is that we are by nature children of wrath. That is the verdict. The verdict of every human person, naturally, by nature, is that we are born under wrath. The word wrath uh, means anger. It connotates judgment, condemnation. Jesus says that uh, in John 3 that everyone is born already condemned. I mean, it's just, that's the sentence. We're all born with a death sentence. We're all born under condemnation. We're, so there's extraordinarily bad news for humanity. We don't even have a chance. I mean, from the womb, you know, Psalm 51 says, from conception, from conception, we were brought into the world in sin. So then, the question Paul deals with in this passage is how, if we cannot fix ourselves, if we are dead in trespasses and sins, if we cannot sort of uh, come up with some means of improving the situation because spiritually we're unable to, then what is the answer to our predicament? I mean, are we all just bound for hell? That's the question. Is every human being created for the purposes of burning, for the purposes of, of facing judgment, for the purposes of condemnation? Is that just the end of the story? I mean, it would be understandable if it was. It would be it would make complete sense if that was the case. It would be just, it would be just if every human being was created and was thereby forced to face wrath because of our rebellion and sin. But God, verse 4, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. There's Paul's answer. We cannot fix ourselves. We cannot bring ourselves back to life. So what has to happen is God needs to do it. Those two words, man, I mean, verse four, those two words are some of my favorite words ever put together. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So you see the juxtaposition there. We deserve God's wrath. We have earned God's wrath. That's the picture for humanity. By our sin, by our rebellion, by our unwillingness to submit to him, we have earned all of the judgment that should be coming to us. But for some amazing reason, this is what the verse says, God still loves us. Even when we're dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ because he loves us. By grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Do you hear the tense there? I mean, this is a done deal, folks. This is a done deal. 
It's already happened. To you who believe, it's happened. God has raised you up with him. He has seated you with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The point of that is this can't, this can't be thwarted for you. This can't. It's done. It is a done deal. God has raised you up. He has seated you with Christ in the heavenly places. Why? So that in the coming ages, verse 7, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The point is, God does this so that we will see the abundance of his grace to us. That's the whole point, is that we'll be so blown away by his grace to sinners like us that we can't help but just go, wow, just for all of eternity, wow, that you would save a sinner like me, wow. That's, that's the point. The reason he did it, so that he would show us the immeasurable riches of his grace. You know, sometimes, I mean, I think people are afraid that you can talk about grace too much, but the fact is the Apostle Paul says it's immeasurable. There are immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then the kicker, you say, well, okay, but still, I mean, yeah, we're dead, but we have to believe. I mean, we have to do that. And so the way that we've often been taught is that, yes, God, you know, he has to raise you up, but you have to do the believing on your own. That's your part. Yeah. Just in case we're prone to go there. Paul even clarifies in verse 8 and 9 that that's not the case. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay, good. So faith, at least I need to muster up the faith. If I just muster up the faith, that's my part. That's what I get to play. Ah, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Oh, like that's, now it's, it's game over. It's literally all God doing everything. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Why, why is it so important that we understand this? Because if it was our, if, it, if we were able to muster up the faith ourselves, if it was our doing, then it would be a result of works and we would find ourselves boasting about it. So Paul says the reason why it's God's, all, God's doing entirely is that it's not a result of works so that no one may boast. The only one who should be boasted in, in our salvation, in our story, is God himself. See, that's what happens when we have, when we have an understanding of the immeasurable riches of God's grace in our salvation, it makes us completely geared on seeing God as responsible and worthy of all the praise for everything instead of holding on to even a little bit on our own, which is our natural tendency. And so then you say, okay, well, what's the response? What's the, what, what is the response to this in our lives? Well, Paul will go on to complete that here. So you see now you've got law at the beginning, like the first three verses is very, it's, I mean, it's the law. This is, you were dead in trespasses and sins, you deserve wrath. That's the law in its fullest extent. Verses four through nine, gospel, 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 gospel. And actually, verse 10 is too, because it goes on to tell us what our life will look like now as recipients of this immeasurable grace. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We, I mean, even the works, even the works that we're gonna do in this life ultimately are all set up and designated by God that we would walk in them. 
I mean, there it's set. It's a done deal. Again, he's got, he has mapped this thing out for you. Why? So that one day, so that every day, you will see the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward you in Christ Jesus and give him praise. It's that simple. So his grace, his grace to you in this passage, this salvation, this gift of God that he gives through Jesus Christ our Lord by him offering up his, uh, his body on the cross, by him sh shedding his blood for the forgiveness of your sins, by him choosing you and calling you, by him gifting you faith. It's all, it's by him providing the good works. It's also that we would just say, thank you, God. 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 Because it's only you, God, that did this, and I can't take a lick of credit for it. So that's the good news of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. That is your story, Christian. You were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, being rich in mercy, even when you were dead in your trespasses, made you alive together with Christ. So enjoy the good works that God has planned for you today, that God planned beforehand, and uh, we will see you next week. God bless.